What's up? Welcome back to episode nine of Government Coins. Today we have a special guest. Uh, but before we get into that, my name is Shakia Kegler. I am the, one of the co-hosts of Government Coins. I'm also the founder and CEO of a company called Govlier, where we focus on simplifying uh, interactions between government agencies and small business owners. And then this is my lovely co-host. Hi, everyone. My name is Chrisley Ganthier. I am also one of the co-hosts of Government Coins. Um, I have a human resources consulting firm called Chrisley G Consulting, where we cater to agencies focused on human capital analytics. And then we also have the Black Bunker, which is a mentorship program crafted and designed for Black-owned businesses to close the disparity between our counterparts that are doing business with the government. Got it. And today, so the, the name of this episode is actually from reading proposals to writing proposals. Now, our guest took the leap from working within a government office and actually bidding on, I mean, not bidding, reviewing different proposals for different small businesses, for different opportunities, to now starting her own business where she works with other businesses to write proposals, one, on their behalf. She also bids on contracts herself. But before I get too much into telling her business, telling all her story, I am going to let her do it herself. Everyone, this is Sharna Barnes. She is the founder and CEO of Complete Contract Consulting. Sharna, would you mind telling us a little bit more, telling the audience a little bit more about you? Sure. Thank you, Shakia. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, as Shakia has stated, I am the CEO of Complete Contract Consulting. We are a government consulting firm, so we assist businesses in getting contracts with the government. And we do that. I like to call ourselves capture managers or procurement department for a firm because we not just only you to go after bids, but whatever that process entails and that it can entail from getting you certified to, um, you know, being able to, to get more contracts that also entails getting you either getting your, a lot of people don't have the, their local business taxes. So getting that set up from creating capability statements, getting subcontractor um, management, getting you on a prime contract, whatever that is, even attending pre-bid meetings, helping you with oral presentation. So really whatever that is to get you that contract, we are that department. So we entail the whole entire procurement process. Wow. So essentially they just outsource all of that, that purchasing, that government contracting, all of that aspect to your team to manage that stuff. Correct. Ooh, because people ask me about that all the time and I'm like, no, Jesus, like it's just not happening. I think I created like a little real saying with Beyonce, I'd rather go blind. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. So did y'all hear that? If y'all don't want to deal with it, there's a team that can actually do it for yeah. you on your on behalf of your company. So keep that in mind. And then and important, like, like Microsoft and all these IBMs, they have an entire procurement department mm -hmm. 
um, dedicating to their only job is to come in every single day, find the opportunity and be like, we're going to bid. This is what we're going to do. This is, what we're, this is who on the team we're going to put in. Um, and this is how we prep for the presentation. So that's important. They've invested. This is an investment. So I think that's great. Oh, absolutely. Like a lot of large firms, as you've stated, they have a department for that. And but or or core area is small to medium businesses. And, you know, they may not have that cap capacity to have that department. So that's really where we come in to kind of, you know, be that department for them. And then when when you say like we're working with small businesses, would it be more of like businesses who are just getting started small business or businesses who, you know, they have some leg, like some, they put in some work, let's put it that way. Like they're, they're looking to scale their business. So we, we work with, because we do a whole entire procurement process, we work with different businesses, but it depends on sort of like getting them ready for contracting. So if they have just started out, they have just registered their business, we do have a few of those clients that will come in, which aren't quite ready yet for government contracting, but we'll get them ready. So again, as I've talked about with the business tax receipt, um, just getting you know those city and county taxes together, then creating a capability statement, sort of zoom in on what their offer is that they're trying to get. Because sometimes some businesses, you know, they may need to expand a little bit to get um, clients or get government as a client. So we kind of help them through that process and develop that before they they can become ready for government contracting. So it really depends on where they're at. We really don't say no, but we, we kind of like them to at least have a year in into their business and actually have done work into the business. But if they haven't, we kind of sort of help them along the way. Get ready and go after contracts, but get them ready. Yeah, that's definitely necessary as well, um, getting started. Now, before we get too deep into uh, your, your company, can we talk a little bit about you taking that leap, going from a government employee to actually, like, can you tell us about your role as a contracting officer and what that really entails? Because I think that's a, a point of clarity that we also need. Like what, what do contracting officers really do aside from, you know, receive emails from us all day? <laughs> sure. So I first started out as a secretary um, in the government office. I'm a part-time secretary actually. And I remember just, First being in the IT department and um, being the secretary there and just sort of in that role, I kind of got introduced to different things, different as a secretary, it's almost like an office manager type of thing. So I started, I started to get into different things and then I saw a position open um, in the procurement department for an admin assistant, which was a little bit above the secretary in the government's eyes. So I applied for that and, and got that. And with the admin assistant, because it was in the procurement department, I reviewed a lot of um, 
you know, kind of like the, the initial start of the bid, you know, ensuring that they have the forms that are required and then um, making sure it was accepted on time and stuff like that. And through that, I, I started getting like a lightning, a liking for it. And I remember talking to my manager at the time and I was like, you know, I really want to get into the contracting part of the, of the department. And um, they paid for me to get um, a certification, which is a PPO certification. It's a procurement professional officer certification, which you have to get in order to even become a contracting officer. So um, my department was fortunate enough, they believed in what I was doing and they paid for that. So I did that, that certification course, got the certificate and then started becoming a contracting officer. And I just remember, like, I'll see so many people come in, um, they'll either send in their proposal, we put out the bid. So a part of my job initially was to help creating that scope of work, that document that tells you what exactly it is that um, the bid is for. And a lot of times we don't even realize in the government sector, the procurement department is really just sort of like the legal background behind the government, right? So a lot of times the procurement department, although they're the one put out the bid, they're not the ones that the company who awarded will, will work with. So it's either the bid came, the request came through the engineering department or IT or, so, you know, facility management. And what they pretty much give like a paragraph of what they, they're looking for and then the procurement department kind of puts it into a bid and, and, and break that out to, to make it make more sense and then put it into a bid. So that was part of my process is to creating that, helping the department create the scope of work and then put it into a bid. And then I've moved, just kind of worked my way up to where I was now becoming the one who wasn't only just putting out the bid, but a part of the team that reviewing the proposal that come in. So that was, that's my transition up. I kind of worked my way <laughs> uh, because I, I, I loved, I love the procurement process. And I just remember just getting the proposals in and you would see people missing the mark, you know, like sometimes just a simple thing of missing a document. And, you know, because they didn't put that required document, they have deemed unresponsive or they, there wasn't on time submitting a bit, even if it's a minute, you know, they, they, they get kicked out or you, you read a proposal and you're like, oh my God, they totally did not understand what we were asking for. So th there was, th there was a, a lack in there. And then we, as the government agents, we had so many certified businesses, but a lot of them weren't the ones responding. So, and I remember just be, I would call the businesses and be like, hey, you know, we have a, a bid coming out, be on the lookout for it. And I remember my director was like, uh, yeah, no, you can't do that. <laughs> if you're gonna call, you're gonna call them, you gotta call everybody. And I was like, no, I don't wanna call these five. They all, I know they'll submit. And they're like, no, yeah, no, you gotta call everybody. So, <laughs> so that, you know, that's just what I, I realized um, being in that position, just, you know, I, I saw a need. I saw a need and, you know, I just decided to, assist with that need <laughs> now that's a good point when you say um look like being able to see 
one small detail can get your proposal kicked out like mm -hmm. that that has happened <laughs> that has happened to me two times y'all like two times so i completely understand it every time i'm like this is literally one signature on a piece of paper like it's nothing like it's not but it made that much of a difference to get my proposal kicked out yeah. um so go ahead Chrissy. no i was gonna say like i that it happened to me because i submitted eastern standard time rather than mountain time and that took me over the moon i submitted two hours prior to the bid due time thinking i i'm like oh I'm, I'm fine and they were like you're late i'm like no 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 no. it doesn't the bid says this time they're like mountain time i'm like mountain who's on the mountain like why are you guys but then it's like that's just things that you have to pay attention to and i think prior to you know hiring somebody like having a team to really dissect bids where like now you know, I have an admin that dissects the bid. She puts it into Asana. She's like, these are the things we need. This is the due date. And she puts it into the bid chart. Like planning those out really prevents. And now what I used to do, I used to write the proposal prior to filling out the paperwork. I would do the, the compliance documents last, but now I switched it because a lot of these compliance documents might be like, you have to have this notarized. Or like one bid was like, you need to have, you know, the state tax completed, like you need to register your business. So it's like, it would make no sense for me to go and bid if I don't have all the compliance stuff together. I already know I could do the work. That's already established. But let me do all the compliance stuff, you know, two to three weeks in advance. Let me put it away. And then now let me spend this time doing all the you know, regular writing, all my content. So the fact that you trying to take it from A to Z, I mean, God bless you. And the fact that you fell in love with the government, con the contracting process and reading, that's, you, you deserve your flowers because that's a lot. So like, let me ask you this, right? Um, prior to you jumping into like your secretarial role, right? And and you working with the government, was there any other positions prior to that kind of prepped you to get into that position or that you feel prepared you? Or even if, right, you were a contracting officer, did that prep you into starting complete contract consulting? Sure, good question. Um, I wouldn't say a position prepped me because just, I've always been in an administrative secretarial role. Um, you could say it would prep because I, you know, I've gotten so used to being having attention to detail type of thing. But I was always a reader. Like one of my hobbies is reading. I love reading. Like if you, I have a whole studio in my, in my home of uh, just read where I go and lock myself out away. I have a whole bookshelf of. of <laughs> Like you're going into Sherlock Holmes or something. So I, I love reading. I'm I'm part of a book club. Like so, I've always loved reading, and I've always um. So I guess that's where that prepped me. If you if if you just say because as you said, you know the the bids are long, and and sadly that's where a lot of us get or issues from is like they always say if you want to hide anything, put it in writing, right? So a lot of people 
they don't like to read. Like that's it's plain and simple. Like people don't like to read. Like if even in an ad, like when we're we're putting in a print ad, they always say, okay, less words, more graphics. You know what? You, no one is sitting down reading it. No one. What if you if your ad is too wordy? It's just we have to put things in bullet points because just the eyes and mentally just sitting down reading. So I think that prepared me as just the fact that I loved reading and um, I've always been in a secretarial or administrative type of role where I've looked over paperwork. So yeah. Now, my next question will be more focused around getting into the aspect of, so you took this leap and now it's like working with the small businesses. So you realize that a lot of businesses weren't responding to these opportunities. So the question becomes, if it's like such a, a huge hurdle for small businesses to jump, what have been some of the most common, um, I guess, common issues that you've seen um, from businesses and then uh, you know will happen we'll play along from that one <laughs> sure so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't and I, I've always been asked that question you know like why the government have to make it so difficult and why and I always say I'm not the right person to answer that question because I don't think it's difficult <laughs> but it is it, it's a lot of reading but the, it all boils down to the meat and potatoes of the scope of work, right? All the other stuff is terms and conditions that legality and legalities that has to be there. It really boils down to the scope of work. And a lot of times we, we get so caught up with, oh my God, it's 90 pages or, oh my God, you know, I don't want to read through this where we, we miss it because we don't take the time to read through the main point, which is the scope of work. Um, mistakes that I do see a lot of times is, believe it or not, so, and I get it, we have um, a small business, we'll get like a, a proposal template that we work from, right? That is our template, we use it because this is the service that we do, so we, we use it every time we're submitting a response. But then we forget to change the government agency's name, right? So here you are submitting a bid for Broward when it has Palm Beach County in between there somewhere. And you would think that the, the agency would not um, have a problem with that because they understand, but no. Like your, your bid can be kicked out because of that. Because they're like, okay, well, First of all, and especially if you're going into a, you're going after a bid where it demands attention to detail, like a legal bid or a bid for administrative services, that's their first point. It's like, okay, if you didn't realize that you're submitting to Palm Beach County, like, do I want to give you, you know, for you to do this service for me? Uh, so just even just doing, I always do like a, a um, control F, you know, find, search and find a replace. Just making sure that you're changing out and if you're using if you're using um a word like if, if, you're, if you're gonna use the government's name in your bid if you're spelling it out keep it consistent that way when you do do the control f search and delete you're not because oh 
you forgot you you used the, the word the name one way this way so you took out all those but then you forgot that you've changed the name in another part of the body of the proposal and then those weren't getting those weren't caught so just simple things like that or even even getting the form notarized if it's a notarized document there's even if you sign it and put your own C, your company seal on it. If it's not notarized, you're gonna get kicked out. It's just simple, simple mistakes. I find you would think it's a major one, but it's not. It's it's simple mistakes that we just do, and I, and I think it's out of rush, you know, or maybe they didn't catch the the bid on time or something, and they were trying to push it through. But I I know those are some simple mistakes that cause a lot of businesses to be kicked out because once that proposal deadline have passed you cannot submit any other documents so they cannot ask you oh um i saw that you missed the form 10 can you give me form 10 no the deadline have passed you cannot submit anything else so those are just some simple mis common mistakes that i see No, that's that's like spot on where I've 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 made that mistake. Um I I won a bid, I use the same template. Then I after submission I noticed I was like, oh I didn't I didn't take this agency's name out. And we're still waiting. We haven't heard back, but I'm literally like, dang, I messed up. Like I shouldn't have I should have triple quadruple checked. And when you said, you know, if you want to get something past people, put it in writing. I think that is, for me, that is the biggest thing. I think people get dismayed when they see it's a hundred pages. But if you really just, I always say, like you said, go into the scope of work. The scope of work is like two pages, but then everything else, like out of the hundred pages, the 98 pages is like, things you know like net 30 and your insurance what type of insurance do you need the insurance requirements might be more pages than the scope of work sometimes right so like those things we get dismayed i think we have a bid that's 217 pages the actual proposal like rfp was actually 40 pages the rest were just documents to be signed and those are things that cause black owned businesses to be dismayed. They see the, the magnitude of it and they're like, whoa, who's gonna respond to all of this? But for those that are seeing the big, big proposals, right? What are the key components of a proposal that you think will never change? No matter what agency, we will be able to open this bid and say, you know what? Sharna already told us this, 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 skip, skip, skip. We already know that this is not going to change. What are the, what are those key components? Sure. So I'll, actually, I, I give, I give this out in my class. Um, so the, I always say create a proposal outline and in the outline, you want to find when the due date is due date and time. How are you submitting the bid? So are, is it going digital or hard copy? If it's hard copy, how many pages you need, make sure you got your ink, <laughs> where you're going to print it from, your proposal document, your proposal folders. If it's five copies, you need five proposal folders. Um, what will never change is the scope of work and the formatting, how they want you to respond to the bid. 
So that will, you know, each government agency will have how they want, but that will always be there. How they want you to pr provide your response. Um, if it's a hard copy, nine out of 10 times, they're gonna want a digital copy of it on a, on a, a flash drive or a CD. So make sure that you have those. Um, but those things and, and insurance. So if you're check out, definitely take a look at the insurance section. Um, if you don't have the insurance yet, get a quote. See how they word the insurance section. Are they saying proposer or are they saying contractor? So is it our bidder? So it's a difference. So you know if it's proposer or bidder, it's now you gotta have send them, show them a copy of the insurance requirement that they need now. If, there, if it's saying contractor, then this is something that you're gonna need once you've awarded the bid. So you necessarily don't have to have the insurance right now, but you wanna get a quote for that so that you can put that in your pricing. Uh, so, you know, any change that may occur, any updates that you need to, or increase in limits that, or add-ons that you need to do, you get a quote for that to put that in your bid. So those are things that I would look out for and the pricing sheet, of course. So those are things that will always be there. All the other things are really terms and conditions and legalities that they have to put in there. So those, in my, in my class that we do, I have an outline and this is what I say, just look, control F to find the area and copy and paste it in. Like once you get a, a bid, copy and paste it in the different section and then, you know, you can put aside the, the rest of the bid for now and focus on your outline. That's a good point. Um, writing, taking out the outline. I usually, instead of like copying, I'll just highlight it. So in Adobe, I just use the highlighter and go through and like highlight everything. The whole thing be highlighted by the end of it. But, you know, <laughs> I'll find it if I scroll back up and just look at the highlights. Um, so that's a good point. And then when it comes down to actually writing, like preparing your response. Um, so what are some components that make or break or basically what are the the how what is an outline for a proposal so what do i need for have for my proposal so like our letter or submittal and of course we know the format's going to change you know based off agency but what are some things that you throw in there like just in case you know capability statements like all of that good stuff what about that stuff or in, or just some general tips around responding to rfps Sure. So as I as I've stated with the creating the outline and copy and pasting, then from there you have a proposal template that you'll be utilizing. And um, your proposal template, it, and really it depends on how the government agency wants you to respond. But once you've created a proposal template, you can always, you know, give and take different things from it and put it however the government wants it to be from the template. But I always say have a proposal template, a, a foundation. And in that template, you definitely want to have your resume, your business resume done, not necessarily a resume like you're looking for a job, but a resume for your business. Um, if you're using other individuals, just making sure that those individuals Resumes look the same if they're supposed to be in your company. Um, just making sure all the resume formats are the same. Um, you know, if the person is working somewhere else and you're seeing that they're employees, you want to make sure 
that it it shows there that they're actually working for you on their resume. Um, so just different things too that you know the government is looking for. Um, if they're working somewhere else and you want to add in that they're working for you, you want to make sure that it shows that they leave the other place because then in there, some simple things that you know would trigger the mind reading it, it's like oh are they working part-time for you like you know will they be and you have them as a key staff but this person is always is working somewhere else are they going to be on my contract you know so you don't want to have the government agency questioning oh i don't know about this person um just even your qualification statements and your references um those are definitely something you want to have in your proposal template reaching out to your reference making sure the contact information still works. Let them know that you are going after proposals and the government will call them, you know, um, if you have fluffed any information in the reference, making sure they're aware <laughs> of the fluff. <laughs> so just, um, you know, just, just different things that you, as I said, however way the bid have made mention of how they want it to lay out, just ensuring that those items are in there is my is what I would say you would definitely need. Yeah, I can I can see that. And in, in early on, we talked about, well, you mentioned as well, when you would review proposals and you would look at them and some businesses like they didn't have a clue or they were responding to it, but their response, it seemed as if they didn't have a clue of what you were looking for. Like, would you be able to elaborate on that aspect just a little bit so we can have like a direct correlation between where your scope of work goes and where your response is supposed to be? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, when I say I don't have a clue, so a lot of times that we do this as small businesses, and one thing with me, I'll keep it 100 all the time. So we'll do this please, as a small please business. Please keep it 100. This ain't going nowhere besides <laughs> our community. And if it go anywhere past this, we'll, we'll handle it. We'll get as, as long as we're not vulgar, because, you know, we still have to submit these. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so as small business owners, right, especially when we're just starting out, um, and we have a, the beautiful thing about a small business is that we're flexible, right? We're able to pivot between different services, add on, take off different services. So a lot of times we'll see a contract that we might not necessarily have done the work before, but we have the idea or it's, it's a little bit, a little bit extra than what you've done before, but you're like, I could do that, you know? And then you're writing your response to try to show the government that you can do that, right? And sometimes when we when we put the information in, the government can tell you've never done that. <laughs> because we don't we don't sit down again, go back through the scope of work. So what I like to do and um when we're writing is we'll put this, depending on how long the scope of work is, that is our core, right? And we'll go through the scope of work and answer it per power. If it's broken in paragraphs, we'll answer it per paragraph. So if a paragraph has, um, we need the government soliciting for X, Y, and Z, we'll, pro we'll provide a response. That's almost like a, a statement or, or, or a question and answer type of thing. So we'll provide a response for that paragraph 
make sure that it's a good response, like a two paragraph response. Then we go down to the next paragraph of the scope of work, provide a response to that paragraph and so forth. So once you do that, you'll never have a way where the government says, oh, this person don't have a clue what you're doing because we read the scope of work, we understand what they're asking for, but then in our, in our writing, because we've never done that before really, we are writing, but we, we're, we're not keeping or remembering everything that was in the scope of work. So we, we, we tackle one thing that, that triggers us because we're like, oh my God, I've, we've never done this part before. So, you know, you focus so much and trying and then you forgot to talk about the part that you actually know how to do because you're, you're, you're so focused on trying to get the government to believe that you do it, that you end up totally missing the mark because you're like, okay, well, I get they can do this, but what about all this that we have wrote name? Like, they have not even answered this question. So just breaking out the scope of work in paragraphs and answering the response on each paragraph, then you can take out the scope of work, out of the, the paragraph out of it. So if you, if you copy and paste the scope of work into Microsoft Word, you break it out in paragraphs, you answer. So you keep the paragraph there, you answer below it, then put the next paragraph. And then once you're ready to submit, you take out the scope of work paragraph section that you've put in there. And then you have a whole entire response for your qualification. So that is what we like to do. That way you'll never miss the mark. Sharna, you just gave exactly <laughs> word for word how I walk like my mentees through responding, right? Because I always say this, if you go back to middle school, and you look at, remember when your teacher used to give you assignments, they're like, read this chapter, answer the five questions on, in the back of the chapter, right? And then you had to write the question and then write the response. I, I literally say this all the time, like that is responding to a proposal. That's it. You're like, let's dumb it down. It's not as complex. Let's just pull it out, copy and paste it. And I'm like, you know, it says we need to staff 17 executive blah, blah, blah by such and such date. Okay. Now, what is your response to staffing that? We can staff 17 blah, blah, blahs by such and such date by doing blah, 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 using blah, 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 right? And I feel like people overcomplicate it, but that's really, it's, it is just answer the questions. Like, just answer it. We're not, if we made it through middle school, we can respond to RFPs. I highly believe that. I just ain't feeling the uh, middle school comparison. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you <laughs> Um, I feel some type of way about that because when I started, it was not like that. I was like, and I did exactly what Shauna said. I was just responding based off of what I knew I could do. And I was fluffing up the components of, you know, I could probably do this. I don't know for sure, but we going we gonna to make it work, you know. <laughs> but no, I, I really, um, now before we hop too far into this and i know we have like a like 15 minutes left and i know we got some people who want to ask some questions 
Um, so before we do that, we want to talk a little bit about certifications because yep. that's also a component of the work that your company does as well. So we'll talk a little bit about what is the importance of certifications because we we constantly run into the situation where we have some people who will say, you know, certifications don't really make too much of a difference. And we'll have some who will say also, you know, get your certification before you do anything else. Um, where, I'm not going to say that, where do you stand in this argument? <laughs> Um, what what does that look like to you? Because we're, we're trying to figure out from this aspect of you writing proposals, how beneficial have certifications been? And then also on the opposite side, what happens if a business doesn't have that certification? Sure. So uh, I always tell people, don't get certification crazy. Don't. Some people will go off and build when you see their proposal, you're like, oh my God, they'll think that they're in college, right? It's a whole entire accolade of, oh, I'm certified to all the letters of the alphabet that the um, government agency utilized with all these different government agencies. And I always say, don't get certification crazy. The reason being, the government agency that you're responding to really don't care about any other government agency that you're certified with. If, if you don't have their certification, it really doesn't matter to them. <laughs> you, you know, you put all this information in and they're like, oh, great, good, well, good for you. But you don't have theirs. It's like, oh, okay. So what I always say, focus on your core area. So I always say wherever your business is registered, you definitely want to get their certification because you get local business preferences because you are certified and in their area. So you definitely want to get that city certification wherever you're at and that county certification wherever you're at. And you definitely want to get your state, whatever state you're, you're at, you definitely want to get that state certification. Those are the three areas I would say. Don't, don't go crazy with all the others unless you're going to go after them um, on a contract. So if, like I like to say, if you see the bid and you have time and you see the bid and you see where it has like a goal on there where it says, okay, there's a small business goal or minority business goal, woman-owned business goal, where you get an extra point or there's a goal on there of 10% goal, um, definitely get your certification then because a lot of times if it's a city and county or even state certification and you have at least two weeks window you can get a certification and you can also reach out to that government agency that you're trying to get certified and say hey i'm going after bid xyzzz it's due at this time could you do an expedite process and they will do that for you so don't get certification crazy but the benefits of it, it's more on a contract that has a goal. So larger contracts where the government has, um, you know, mandated these large primes to have, have if they're going after this contract, to get a, give a percentage to a minority or woman-owned business or a small business, then yes, your certification coming to play that way. Um, so a lot of people, like if they've never gone after government contracting before, I would recommend getting some subcontracts. And the way how you can do it is like, okay, if you know, let's say you do janitorial cleaning. So, you know, a lot of times your subcontracts will come in from construction. So, you know, final cleaning and, and maintenance cleaning. 
So I would go out, look for those large contracts for construction and get certified in for that government agency. Then reach out to the prime and be like, hey, by the way, I see that you're bidding on this particular job that's coming up. Um, I would love to, if you don't have a subcontractor partner for janitorial, I'd love to be your partner. And then that way too, you'd be able to, you know, get your feet wet in government contracting and also, you know, get you some prime and sub relationships. So, um, certification is, is, is very important. I've, I've had friends who I've gotten turned into million dollar businesses because they got a subcontract on a government bid because they're certified. So certification is important. Just don't don't go crazy because it it, it you'll get all have all these certifications and it really doesn't matter to you because it's not like college, like you know, or you're getting a the government agency don't care unless you have their certification. So that's all I have to say about <laughs> like that don't go certification crazy i think you have solved that uh you gave us a bits and pieces of both like it's good but don't overdo it like like aristotle said nothing in excess so don't don't go too crazy oh man so this has been good we have reached our 15 minute mark we're going to take a few questions if you have questions you can drop them in the chat if you're on youtube um but also we're going to go ahead and take some questions from um from our businesses in the zoom chat oh see really? uh, again? But the one that they asked has already been answered you're oh. you've already answered it probably like twice sharna which is what's the common mistakes in submitting proposals so i think we got that and the person said thank you so i think we kind of buttoned it all the way up there okay, um, okay. we have some on youtube though yes are you on youtube chrisley I can't see it, so you gotta ask okay. it. So I'll go with the with one. The most recent one is about your training. So it says, please, uh, please give us information about your course, about your classes. How much is it state or federal information? Um, so yeah, that's the one. They want to know about the class for writing proposals that uh, you mentioned as well. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And I sure. think you already responded saying that you have one coming up, but we'll let you do it right now. <laughs> Sure, I have I have a few of my team on, on YouTube. Um, so yeah, so we have a training coming up in January. Um, it's both in person and online, where we are assisting um, businesses or teaching businesses how to go after government contract by actually responding to a government contract. So we are in class. It's a four week long class. It's three hours. Um, three hours each week and we are literally searching for the bid okay. we're literally writing an actual proposal response and the only way you can pass the class is once you've submitted and got a submission receipt so that's the only way you can pass the class and we have gotten a lot of success from that that class has about an 80 percent success rate um and everybody submits a class uh, proposal off to government agency and that proposal template is yours to life like mm. that's your template you use it however you need to to respond to other contracts now that's so it, oh go ahead well sorry no <laughs> i was just saying on, on on the cost it's, it really depends on we do have um different sponsorship um from different government agencies and nonprofits. 
So it really depends on where you're coming in through where the cost will be different. But if you don't have any sponsorship um, or you don't want to join any of the nonprofits that are sponsoring, then we do have the class for $500. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Let me just tell you something. I think, you know what? If anybody just has a thought process of investing and doing business with me, I will 99% gear you towards Sharna because I will tell you before you even think to think of the strategy, because what what I think for me, I teach the strategy, right? Identifying like your your key buyers and all that stuff. But Sharna, you going through an, an entire RFP, breaking it down, writing and the submission. I think I'm pulling teeth with some of my clients, so they will be calling you. Oh, absolutely. For us, it's really and I, I my team hates when I say that, but we're not for us. For me, I mean, not say us. For me, it's not so much about the money. And that's why I feel like we, I try to think about the small businesses coming in and, you know, investing their their, their costs. Sometimes people are just starting out. They did 500, maybe a lot for them. Um, so I, I really wanted it to, to be an impact where people can afford you know, to get this opportunity. And as again, we, we have partnered with a lot of, um, a few nonprofits that are put helping, putting on the um, training. So if you become a member with them, you know, the training can be free for you. So really, we're just really trying to get businesses. There, there's so much opportunity out there. There's so many contracts out there. There, there, there are bids that are being rebid because nobody have responded to them. So for us, it's just, I, I really want to get us right, you know, and have somebody come roll me around in their yacht. Hello. I'm going to roll you around in a yacht, honey. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. So that someone asked about that. Um, they also asked um, about different networking events. So this will really, you know, depend on where you're located um, and what agencies you plan to do business with. So some agencies will have their own um, networking events. Most of them will have outreach events and things like that. So uh, that'll depend on where you're located and where you, you're where you're trying to do business. So think about it in those terms. Who's your client and how do you get in front of them? That's part of what um, Chrisley was saying. So. Um, Wow, look at us, 22. We 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 hitting it on the head today. We got through it, got quick. And Sharna, I just want to say thank you so much for like agreeing to come on the podcast. Um, you may not know because I've been operating this interview as if Sharna and I have never met one another, but we are actually friends. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm happy to actually have the opportunity to bring you on the podcast to share more about the work that you're doing. Because when I first got started in, in this space, I definitely depended on Sharna. We bid it on, on, well, we partnered on different contracts for, you know, some things. And then also just even further, constantly being able to see how things are going and be able to, I'm not going to say like, I don't use her to like look at my proposal, nothing like that. Y'all know we pay people around here. That's what we do. We pay people around here. But 
either way, um, <laughs> being able to know that you have connections to a resource, to a team that will be able to provide, you know, these type of services. Let's say once I get out of this space of it, just, you know, focusing on the nitty gritty of what I'm doing. So um, thank you so much, Sharna. Thank you for coming on. No, it's your first time meeting Chris. Lee. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Like you, you know, I'm always in awe of you. You know, it's like, oh, she's like a little sister. Yes. <laughs> I think you're doing a great job and just, you know, being able to provide this platform for people to people like us to kind of know, you know, what's going on and even bringing the awareness um the other day we this last weekend we went to a trade show and it was a beauty expo um up in atlanta and we had we we had, we, had, we were an exhibitor and we were the only one that was offering what we were offering but then there were so many people that were lost you know they they didn't even know that the government offered opportunities for them to get contracts you know and there was a lot of people who did wigs, made wigs and and or makeup and stuff like that. And you know, we were like, you can get a contract. And they're like, really? And I was like, yeah, there's can their contract for cancer society patients for people who make wigs. So, you know, just people think so so in a box about government contracting or don't even know. So thank you for just spreading the light and the knowledge. We definitely need that. So and thank you for having me. Of course. And can you share with, with the audience how to get in contact with your team, how to do business with you? Um, because I dropped some stuff in the chat, but I want them to hear from you just because when people go back on YouTube and they watch this video, I want them to know exactly how do I get in contact with Sharna? And we're going to make that a tab. Contact Sharna on the... On the Love it. <laughs> Love it. We can definitely give us a call. Our phone number is 561-766-0884. That's 561-766-0884. Or you can send us an email at info at completecontractconsulting.com. So we're able, we'll be, you know, able to talk to you. My consultations are free. Mm -hmm. So you can have a free one-on-one, -on one-hour discussion with me to kind of see government contracting is, is the way for you. And then once we do that, we create a, a game plan, a roadmap in order for to get you started. Hmm. Sharna, I've already emailed you because my black friends <laughs> I love it. are already texting and they're like, girl, why you didn't send this link? I'm like, um, she'll be on one of the classes in January. I've already said it and I believe it. Praise God. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Awesome. That is funny. One thing about Chrisley, she weighs no time honey she she be right on it um but thank y'all so much for tuning in again this is government coins podcast so happy to you know be able to provide and bring this information dispelling myths about government contracting and just in it like introducing our community to you know the idea of it seeing people like us in this space and then being able to have conversations that are real that you don't feel like you got to 
you know, walk around, you know, right. on eggshells and things like that. So definitely um, excited to have you all. If you have not, make sure you go to YouTube, like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we are on all podcast mediums now, y'all. We on Apple, we on Spotify. We on- oh, Beautiful, I love like, it. We big time. <laughs> we moving on that. So, wow. But yes, so happy y'all can have us. We'll see y'all next time. Chrissy, do you have anything you want to add before we? No, I just want to say, Shauna, thank you so much. And everybody, if you aren't, click, like, share, comment. Put in the comments what you learned, what you want to know more about, you know, writing your proposals, what you're struggling with. And if you want to like shoot us a message about, hey, we're going after this opportunity. I personally might not respond, but I will tell Sharna to respond. So <laughs> go ahead and do that. But yes, use this opportunity to really understand and respond. The biggest thing with government contracting, you got to show up and you got to show up consistently. So let's just show up and be great at it, y'all. That's it. All right. Later, y'all. Bye. Bye.